On this episode of the Dudes and Dads podcast, we're talking with our friend Austin Schertz and diving into the question of why is change so hard? You're listening to the Dudes and Dads podcast, a show dedicated to helping men be better dudes and dads by building community through meaningful conversation and storytelling. And now, here are your hosts, Joel DeMott and Andy Lane. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. <laughs> Andy, it, it's been a while since we've done this show, Joel. Well, here's the deal, though, Andy. Uh, the guests won't know, uh, and maybe they will pick up on it from even the increased high fidelity of this recording. Uh, and normally, because normally it'd be right about the time that Andy would be bringing down the background volume level. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. See, there, there we go. go. <laughs> I'm busy. I'm busy. So many things going on. No, we've got uh, we've got some new technology, uh, some updated technology here on the show. And uh, like we said, we're always super grateful uh, for all the people that are contributing to the show. And so we've got some new technology. We've got a new board up here, and it is it's sleek. Uh, I don't know. It's got a lot of lights. Uh, on it's it. got a lot of lights on it. And uh, I'm just gonna, uh, kids. I'm gonna close your ears. Uh, it's uh, it's it's kind of sexy. Uh, just don't. Just, <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, no, I know. I uh, know. Oh, mommy, what did he say? It's fine, kids. It, it, it's right, fine. Sure. Um. Hey. Uh. So <laughs> hey, we're super glad to be uh, back in the studio here again, having a conversation uh, tonight, all around the topic of change, but really more broadly, uh, talking about spiritual formation. Andy, I am fresh off uh, the plane. Well, sort of fresh off uh, the plane. You, you were gone for quite a while. We were then, out, out a few days, uh, myself and along with our guests this evening, are out in the great Portland, Oregon. Um, what a time. What a time it was. But we were really just spent three days in a deep dive, drinking from a deep, deep well, all around the conversation of spiritual formation, of practices in spiritual formation, uh, a bunch of, a bunch of really... Uh, some heavy hitters out there are, yeah. are, are good friends. I call them our good friends. Uh, I speak of them like they're my friends. Uh, John Ortberg and uh, John Mark Comer. Hey, if you spent any time with them, they're your friends. They sh- so. Yeah, I feel we were close. In fact, uh, our guest also, I've got uh, photographic proof, was even closer. And uh, so we're, uh, we're, we're going to talk a lot about that tonight. We're going to talk about our experience. We're talking about spiritual formation, why it's important we want to demystify some things or maybe uh, or maybe mystify or maybe mystify. I, we might walk away here mystif- might. mystified tonight, um, but really just talk about, uh, yeah, how how do we how do our souls get changed? How do they how do they experience renewal and hope and encouragement? And man, in a day where it feels like uh, change is all around us, but not necessarily in the good sense or we're not always clear if the change that we're encountering is is good is good or it's affecting us or how what is actually doing in us uh because i find myself um i find myself sometimes a grouchier than i would like to be uh because i feel like things are changing around me um and because i have four young children (laughs) uh but i this but i i just say this i had a conversation with some other was that another was that a speaking gig at another christian organization that we partner with um, and I just said, I said to one of the leaders, I said, guys, uh, I know you got a lot of people that come through here. I'm just wondering if my sense is right. Uh, I know it sounds really technical. Uh, people of faith seem very grouchy 
right mm. now. And he go, and the guy was like, Oh, 100% people that were not grouchy that I knew before that were are not now. grouchy. They yeah. are grouchy now. What's that all about? How do we, how do we address it? How do we, uh, become a non, this is another, but these, all these phrases, a non anxious presence in the world. That's something that I've been, uh, I've been re- reflecting on. That should have actually been my tag tagline. Not non anxious. How to be a non anxious, anxious presence presence. Be non anxious. That's hard to say though. It so is. you it didn't you roll trip that no, up. It didn't roll right off the tongue. Hey, uh, Andy, guess what? Uh, we always want to acknowledge, um, our uh, sponsors, our good friends over at Everance. Uh, because support comes from Everance Financial, helping individuals and organizations combine faith and finances through retirement planning, banking, and other financial services. More at everance.com slash Michiana. Securities offered through Concourse Financial Group Securities Incorporated member FINRA SIPC. And also, we have a few slots open for sponsorship. So if you are a part of a business that is looking for a place to advertise, the Dudes and Dads podcast is a pl- great place to do that. And we would love to have you. You can email Andy at dudesanddadspodcast.com to start the conversation and get your advertisement heard on the podcast. Guys, we're reasonable. We're reasonable. We've got a good, faithful, strong audience of yeah. dudes and dads and some non-dudes and dads who, uh, who let me, let's just say this. Let's just say this. Uh, faithful people that will try out your stuff, will try out your service. If you just come and maybe just throw a few advertising dollars this way, you know? Come so on. again, Andy at dudesanddadspodcast.com and you can start the conversation. <laughs> I was thinking of the old SNL gig where it's uh, Ad, uh, Adam Sandler and Chris Farley. This dates way back where Adam Sandler is like trying to advertise himself as like, uh, like uh, it starts off very, very, like very uh, easy. Like, hey, please let me uh, house sit for you. Like he's like advertising like house sitting <laughs> services. And Chris Farley's like, let the boy house it be for the love of all that is holy. Let the kid. And then the kids request just get like more and more creepy. Like, uh, please let me give you a back rub. <laughs> it's just like, like gets worse and worse. So that, we're not asking for anything like that by comparison. We're just, uh, would love to partner with you. So, Hey, uh, yeah. come join us, come join us, join the dudes and dance team. It's, uh, we, we believe it's, it's, worth it's it. a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. You, you, you won't regret it, uh, ever under any circumstance <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, Joel, do you want to introduce our guest? Tonight? I would love to introduce our guest. Hey, our guest this evening is none other than Austin shirts. Austin, uh, well, as we like to say, always on this show, Austin is a friend. We have some of, we think some of the most thoughtful and interesting and, uh, at times downright, uh, downright engaging, shall I say, uh, friends. And we just like to share our friends with our people have conversations with them kind of feel like it's like uh like we would have this conversation if we just sat down in the living at a room, coffee shop at a coffee shop and just uh tease some ideas out about uh life and uh specifically uh yeah the formation change all of that in our lives uh and at any given time i'm just reminded between the three of us here there's a whole there's a whole heck of a lot of change uh that goes on uh with all of us so uh, yeah, Austin and myself were out in Portland. We came from the Practicing the Way Pastors Conference. Sure, yeah. So we've got some things fresh on the brain about about these things, conversation to be had. But I was just thinking as we were playing tonight, I was like, you know what? I don't just want to talk about this, but by, by myself, I want to talk about it with someone who is who's in the in the know in the in the weeds 
in the there you go in the, in the weeds. So so hi, Austin. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for coming on. Thanks Appreciate for inviting me. It. Hey man. You know, I also want to thank Jenny, your wife, uh, who who released you uh, this evening. It's true. Uh, because if there are times, and I know this, we've, we've all felt it where, uh, I sort of had a moment this evening where it's like about ready to walk out the door and there were, there were looming things not yet addressed. And you do sometimes feel like you're, uh, you're leaving when you probably maybe shouldn't, you're maybe leaving when you should. (laughs) And tonight was that, (sighs) yeah, honey, I'm sorry, but it's all for a good cause. So thanks (laughs) everybody in our house, everybody, uh, everybody was simmering down and I think it was no screaming was going on. So I think it was okay. But Austin, Hey, so we talked about this, this whole idea of change. It's something that's like fresh on my mind right now. Um, and speaking of the broader thing, so it's like, Hey, how do people change? And then within the Christian tradition, Um, how do people become spiritually formed either for the good or for the not so good? Um, it's a conversation that in some ways or another, I always feel like whenever you and I talk one way or the other, there is always, uh, and what you have to know is like, I try not to throw Austin under the bus, but whenever my wife knows that Austin and I are going to be talking like after, after she's like, I'll see you at 1am. I just know it's going to be uh, literally, literally. And it's not his fault at all. But when uh, she's like, Hey, who's on the show tonight? I said, Austin. She goes, Oh, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> she gave me, I'll see you tomorrow. That's what she said. Uh, because I think inevitably a lot of our conversations do go to the very practical thing of we desire, we desire change in our own lives. Cause uh, boy, oh boy, I can, uh, I need to continue on that path and to see that in the lives of other people that we, that we minister to, that we work alongside, that sort of thing. Um, for you specifically, when we're talking about spiritual formation, how would you personally identify that? Like, what would you, like, if you were to give your definition of spiritual formation, what is it and why is it important to you? Let's just, let's just start there. Yeah. So that's a big question. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to back it up, back up yeah. just a little Please bit. Please do. So that's his nice way of telling me you should interview, you should interview better. Okay. No, 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 no. no. So when we're talking about formation, the big question that comes is what are you being formed into? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and for, for a Christian worldview, hopefully that answer is the image of Christ. Yeah. Um, and so then the question becomes, how are we being formed into the image of Christ or what is forming us into that image of Christ? Um, and there's lots of things that fall under that when we, when we give it that umbrella. Um, some of those things are intentional things, right? Uh, the traditional spiritual disciplines, if you will, uh, you know, prayer, fasting, Bible reading, the list goes on. Uh, some of them are unintentional things like, I woke up and I, I did this this morning. I watched this on Netflix. Uh, those things change who we are. They change the way we think. Uh, they get into our psyche, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Do you think it's a, it's a common uh, a conversation or a common, um, I mean, common assumption that we sort of have kind of, that we're kind of like, uh, that we're like spiritually neutral. Like we can be in spiritual neutral, basically. So either it's like where things that we encounter just, they don't have a good effect on us, but they don't necessarily have to have a bad, like a bad effect on us. 
And then it's just, we just kind of, it's just kind of in one ear and out the other or in through our eyes and back out. And, and we just don't, does it, does it feel like we live in a world where that's also an assumption consistently? Cause I, I think what you would argue for, and I think what I would see too is it is one, it is either forward or it is backward, but it is never, it is never just neutral. I would totally agree with that. And I think a lot of times we spend a lot of effort trying to figure out where the line is and how not to go too far (laughs) rather than saying, how can I put myself in a place to be formed into the image of Christ? Yeah. Um, How can I look for obedience rather than how close can I get to disobedience? Yeah. So so you would maybe say, look for things that, are going to be shaping you towards Christ. And, you know, obviously, you know, Netflix and things shape you and and those aren't in of themselves necessarily bad, but you need to be aware of what is shaping you and how much you're taking in. Is that a correct statement? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, we as, uh, we as Christians, I think while we're at the conference and this is still ringing true for me, I mean, I just, it was like, like it's in my brain now, You, you know, the statement was made like, Hey, it, let's say you attending some religious service or whatever, and let's just say, I'll be kind and say that accounts for two hours of your week. Okay. Um, between like your time at church in the building, interacting with people and sitting in worship or whatever, whatever it is like for church folks. Um, if that's a two hour week experience, you cannot overcome it. The truth is you cannot overcome with two hours, what you have in formation when you've been engaging in def- deformational activities, exercises, mm-hmm. thought patterns, whatever it is, uh, the other, you know, the other rest of the hours of either, either the day or, or, or the week. Um, we tend to think that, so that's, I think that's the challenge for me is like as much in, and I know in our faith community, it's something we talk about and I know true for, for Andy as well you know, we're trying to talk about like, okay, how do I, how do I get into a practice of living a life where it is, it is, it is more forward. It is more forward than it is backwards. Right. Mm-hmm. Where I'm in the rhythm of, of positive change and uh, more than I am in a place where I'm being, I'm being malformed and, and deformed and, um, and, and really less like the person that God desires me to be. Cause that's, that's really what we're talking about here is like, we're made in the, you know, Christian tradition made in the image of God. The Imago Dei is something very, 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 very sacred and serious. And then, and then there is this, um, then all these broken experiences that we have alongside of that, that, that mar that to, to one, you know, to one degree or another. For you and your, I, I guess for you and your experience within, within your own life, like what, what turned you on to this conversation? Like what, what got you thinking about this, this conversation in your, in your own life? Cause I, I don't like Austin's a humble dude and he, he won't, he won't say this and I, cause I think also humility is like a spiritual practice, but uh, like I see, I see you taking this very seriously in your own life. Like I, I see this being a, a value, a value for you and a struggle in a, in a, a cross that you, that you choose at whatever various level. I mean, I know I don't see every corner of your life and I know we all have ugh, the, all the junk. Um, 
but I seen this as something that you've really latched onto in a meaningful way and desire others to latch onto. What, what, what moved you in that direction? What, what like caught your, caught your heart and all of that? Yeah. I mean, I think at a high level, it's the Holy spirit, right? Yeah. Uh, cause nothing else can shape you that way. Mm. Um, I think at a, a more specific level, there's been a couple times in my life where I've been, I kind of feel like called out. Mm. Um, by people around me, by, by mentors, by, by circumstances, um, and called to more. Um, and so, especially in the last, I would say couple of years, it's been really strong, that yeah. feeling, um, and sense. When, um, when you say called to more, can you dive a little bit into that? Yeah. In so, um, I feel like, and maybe this is just me or maybe it's, Maybe it's something that everybody else goes through too. Uh, it, there are times when we, um, like Joel said earlier, can, can get in this sense of what I'm doing right now is neutral mm-hmm. or I'm, I'm, sure. I'm kind of coasting, um, if you will. And then uh, you, you wake up, right? God wakes you up sure. uh, and you realize, hey, I can't coast anymore. Uh, I have to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Like I'm either going to draw near to him or I have to realize that I'm pushing him away. Yeah. Um, and you have a choice to make. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I, and, and that can be something that, I mean, I want to say it very lovingly to anybody that's listening. Like there, there is, there just, yeah, there is no neutral ground. It is, it is up the mountain or it is down the mountain. And, um, uh, which sounds like a very like Thomas Merton thing to say. Uh, but like, I, uh, which he's, uh, sorry, a monk and it's, he wrote books and never mind. It's just, uh, it's <laughs> one of those, one of those deep like rabbit holes, but there's, I, I guess I, I mentioned this to say, I mean, there's a long, there's a long history of writing and reflection around spiritual formation, something that I have been reintroduced to. And this is, I'm, I'm sort of embarrassed to say this. So as somebody who has been, you know, has an, edu- an education in theology and counseling and all of that, that's, I spent a decade, you know, and, and within undergrad and graduate work, the level of, I can probably name to you, uh, two courses in all of my education that dove into ancient practices of spiritual formation. Um, we usually, we quote the, in the early first centuries of the church, the desert fathers and mothers who they were just that they were. <laughs> They were uh, people of the Catholic church that went out into the desert to, they would write and say they went out to fight the devil, which sounds really spiritual, uh, but went out to basically dive into the problem of, of the heart of, and how are we formed and what we're formed into. But in my, in our evangelical tradition, and this was a conversation that we've had along the way, like I was largely ignorant, like even in, even in my edu- in like formal theological education, largely ignorant to those practices. Um, apart from uh, one professor that I had that taught a taught a class on, gosh, I want to say it was a class dedicated to spiritual formation. If the if that wasn't the class title, that's what we that's what we studied primarily, and that's uh, Robert Mulholland was like the required text for that for that class, but. Uh, so Dr. Dr. John Dendu, uh, if you're, if you're listening or if you ever hear, or if anyone knows of our friend and brother, Dr. Don, Jack, Dr. 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 John Dendu, that that's really, that was my limited experience with it. 
why do you, do you feel like now in this time that we're in that there is just some maybe possibly some significant value to not always because I think in our circles we're always looking to the thing of the future the the new hot thing mm-hmm. that you know what's uh what's emerging from the culture and how we can grab onto that or take hold so many things that we're talking about here they really have their their really very humble beginnings in very old places but they are it's just some of the deepest and most meaningful stuff what why is that why what are we missing why are we missing it what what's our problem austin what's what's <laughs> what's our what's our problem yeah uh big question again uh i think when we start thinking about formation for a lot of people, it goes back to church. Uh, and church leading up to COVID looked a certain way and being successful at church felt a certain way. Uh, and then people's definitions of success kind of got rocked. Mm-hmm. Um, and we start to think through what does that look like? And if that's not what success is, then what is it? Uh, and so I think that's inspired a lot of people to look back, mm-hmm. right? And say, okay, what are, what are we missing? What did, what did the Axe Church look like? Yeah. Uh, and why doesn't our church look that way? Why does it feel somehow less powerful? Um, when it should feel more powerful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the sense of power. And when we say, when we say power, we mean, yeah, not like uh heavy handed power. We mean like the power to see people's hearts brought from darkness into light, brought from, you know, brought from lostness to, to being found, to being, um, to being children of God. And, and on top of that, being people of being people that are a non anxious presence in the world, full, full disclosure, guys, I'm just, here we go. I'm just going to make a confession right here, right now. Um, and this is so stupid and it's like, and I'm, I'm actually, I'm quite embarrassed. I'm actually, I'll just say it. I'm just quite embarrassed to admit it, but we were at Matthew's soccer game uh, this past, the, oh gosh, this past weekend. Uh, Matthew is, he's got pretty severe asthma. We've, we've done really well with it recently, but when we're at sporting events, like we keep an eye, like, right, we're keeping an eye open, make sure the kid isn't right. going like, to pass out there on the, on the, on, you know, especially. As a good his, parent should. Right, right, <laughs> sure, right. Well, Matthew comes, is coming across the, like, we're sitting on the sides watching the game. He's coming across the field or whatever, and he looks like kind of out of sorts, like mm. something is not quite right or whatever. And then it's like he starts, and, and of course, mom, just Jackie just asks, are you okay? And as soon as mom asks, are you okay? Like the tears come, right? Mm. And he's like, not okay. What we didn't realize was like, he was acting like he was having a hard time breathing. He took like a, a soccer ball to the gut, essentially okay. is what it was. Okay. So no asthmatic thing or whatever, but he's like, he looks, he's in, he's in a little bit of pain. The referee is not, so we're telling him like, you just, you need to sit down to indicate that you're mm. hurt, right? Because if you're just standing there, right? So he's sitting down or whatever. The ref doesn't see it right away. And his coach on the other side, 
also doesn't see it and is just continuing on in his merry way, whatever. Something, and this is part parent within me, this is also part, there's also some, because I, I did like a deep reflection on this and there's other, there are other anxieties that were within me, some other things that were going on. I am, I am screaming. I am screaming to get the coach's attention across the field. Like, not like a, hey, hey, but like in a, like a full on like scream. A, like, like angry, angry scream. And it came out of like nowhere. Very, very, like very, very quickly. Surprising to myself. And upon reflecting on it, I'm like, I'm like, what, you know, what's, what's the deal? So that was an opportunity for me. Cause it's not about the soccer game. Like I know it's a hundred percent about the soccer game. And if I was counseling somebody and they were mentioning this, I'd be like, well, like, okay, what would Joel counselor say to Joel non-counselor right now? And it'd be like, oh, there's a thing behind the thing. And there's a, you know, whatever. I th- upon reflecting on that, I thought, okay, first of all, I am an anxious presence. Why am I an anxious presence? And then it was, okay, now I think through the practices, through spiritual formation and the kind of the, which we can dive into some of these, these uh, disciplines, or we try to use the word practices because sometimes people hear discipline and they're like, I don't want to be disciplined. That sounds, that sounds, that sounds bad. That sounds terrible. Well, for some of us, it might be uh, <laughs> at first. But I think the beauty is, is that there are tools now that I have access to where I can uncover like God and I together can walk into that place and uncover some of that. Um, is that the, uh, does that, I mean, does that, does that make sense? I don't know. Cause I've been, I've been trying quite honestly, you two are the only two that I've really like parsed this out with. Yeah. I haven't talked to Jackie about this cause Mostly Jackie was just looking at me like appalled that I, <laughs> I was becoming animalistic on, you know, a nine-year-old soccer game. Um, but, uh, like, sometimes when you have those feelings and they're so strong and they kind of come out of nowhere and you're like, whatever. I mean, it can feel like overwhelming to nowhere even to begin. Sure. And... And I think there are so many men out there that are having these strong reactions because Lord knows I've seen them. And I've always, and this is what's embarrassing is like, I've always said like, I will not be that person. And for the most part, I have done okay at not being that person, but it's like, here I am on a Sunday afternoon. So how do you think you got like that then? I mean, how, yeah, what, what, I, I mean, was it just because it on your son good, or no, it's, it's because here's what, here's what it is. There, there is a, there is a relationship right now in my life that is sideways that I did not know was sideways. And it's been brought to, it's been brought to my attention in a less than great way. And I am super anxious about it. And, gotcha. and it, it is, we're going to a deep counseling session here all of a sudden. And it, it's, but I'm trying to gain access to why it's sure. trouble. Why? Cause it's not immediately obvious to me why it's so, why it's so troubling. And I am trying to prepare my heart to have the conversation that I'm going to need to have out of this and not be coming from a place of, of anxiety or anxiousness or defensiveness. And I think the only way that I can do that is by entering into formational entering into some sort of formational exercise toward it. And then also seeing the experience itself because I want to reconcile this thing, but seeing the experience itself as a, as a formational thing. Um, Austin, does that make sense to, to you? And yeah. if you were my, if you were my small group leader, <laughs> which maybe someday you will be, 
if you were Don't my, wish for that. <laughs> if you were my small group leader, what <laughs> counsel me? What 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 in the what in the world? What in the world do you have to say to me in light of change and formation? Yeah. So we talked a little bit about the disciplines or the practices, right? Yeah. And um what I heard you say is good counselor. You're <laughs> in a spot where you don't feel like you have control mm -hmm. over your own reaction in a situation. Yep. Um, and that reaction came from a deep part of you. Yep. Um, and so the question then becomes, how do you put yourself in a place to be formed into the kind of person who doesn't react that way? Um, and Luckily for you, there are years and years, millennia, of, of people practicing the way of Jesus that can speak to that, mm -hmm. right? And when we talk about practices, sometimes it can get, it sounds really technical. Um, so let's back up and think about it differently. So if we ask, how do you become a football player like Tom Brady? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you don't get born into the right family. Uh, you don't just wake up one day and decide to. Right. You practice every day. Yep. And you become Tom Brady by a regimen of practice that forms you into Tom Brady. And I don't know if Austin knows this, but Tom Brady is actually a really great case study on this exact thing because Tom Brady barely made it into the NFL. He was, he was god-awful oh. slow. He ran like a five seven forty, uh, which compared like like linemen can run that. <laughs> like it's like <laughs> initially, like initially, all the stats were were against him. He had just a few things that kind of got him over over the edge, right? And now, apart from all of that sort of stuff, apart from the immediate raw material that he was working with or whatever, we would now say some would say one way or the other, right? A prime a prime example of someone operating at their at their at their peak or or, or whatever. So yes, uh, yeah. So he didn't just w one day wake up and say, "I'm going to be the yeah. great one of the greatest you know quarterbacks of all time." Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so it becomes this question of if if practice is the ability to gain access to an ability that you do not have today then what we need are spiritual practices that give us access to those abilities that we don't have today mm -hmm. um, through the Holy Spirit, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and so the question then for you is which particular practices would transform you into the kind of person or put you in a place to be transformed into the kind of person uh, for whom being a non-anxious presence is just normal? Yeah. So... Can you kind of, you, you'd mentioned different spiritual practices. Can you kind of just talk a little bit about what some of those spiritual practices may be in case some of our listeners don't know sure. what, the, what those would be? So uh, there are practices around uh, solitude, silence. So mm -hmm. um, take time away and you make yourself non-present to everything else and present specifically to God. Mm -hmm. uh, and you say, here I am. And in the, in the absence of words, uh, 
the Holy Spirit can speak to you and can give you direction um, that you can't get anywhere else. Mm. Uh, you know, that's just one example. There's, there's a whole list. Sure. So, yeah. So solitude, um, practices and some, some they're, they've been categorized differently. Some are where you, you release something and then other practices are where you take hold, mm-hmm. like where you take hold of something. So, uh, everything from, uh, practices of solitude, uh, fasting, which has got some of these, here's the deal, Austin. I think for the reason in, again, in evangelical world in which we reside, there's there's a concern about some sort of weird mysticism around this or like there, there's some we think there's some sort of you know magic fairy dust and all this st- sort of stuff uh and like so when you get into the area of fasting because it, it's a firmly biblical idea but the exact technicalities of it are a little bit loose right and so we know it's like oh we know that jesus did it but we're not exactly sure always why or what it was out set out to accomplish or you know or things like this but and yet when Jesus says like, Hey, there's only things, certain things you can do through prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. Like, like that, like it was a unique discipline that I guess essentially equipped and empowered and all of that. Okay. Um, oh gosh. Uh, so scripture reading. Um, and then there's within those, within those practices, there are different approaches to the prac to the practices. So sometimes like, uh, you know, reading scripture slow, like reading just a few verses, slowly repeatedly over over time that's an that's an ancient that's an ancient practice uh or reading large this is this is the challenge that we heard go small and go large you can do you can do both mm-hmm. or reading larger sections all at one time which i'm guilty of not being always the greatest at doing right so the point of that would be to more get a good grasp of the overall arch overarching like theme of a section of the scripture right to bathe to bathe yourself in it a little bit um uh so there's yeah prayer fasting um like various acts of generosity various acts of generosity i once had a uh, so there's that. I also had um, a professor, and I think this is in the, there's, there's like a spiritual disciplines handbook thing. He referred to it as the discipline of secrecy. And now here's the way it was explained to me. And I was really fascinated by this, where you do something that would normally commend high, high thanks from another person or high praise or whatever, but you do it in secret so that they can't thank you. Mm. So you do the right thing but there is no recognition to be gained from it whatsoever. And the story here, here's the deal. I will always remember this. I had, I had uh, Dr. Chad Meister. I had him tell this story about this discipline where he did a thing. Oh, he did a, he did a good thing. It was credited to another person. That other person took the credit for it. And, an, and it was like in a meeting, like a larger group meeting situation. And he didn't say anything initially because he's like, I'm just going to let it go. But when he started to notice about it, about himself is that as the week went on, it was work. Like he was like, it was working on him. It was working on him. And it made him ask the question, why the need for this affirm, this affirmation, whatever. And so to counter, so to go to battle with that need, he, it was like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do helpful things. I'm going to do good things in a way that no one can know. Which, by the way, takes some work. <laughs> like you got <laughs> sure. a strategy that yeah. has to go into it. As with many of these practices, like like Sabbath, like Sabbath taking, for instance, 
okay, if you're going to take some specific time, leave in like a whole day and, and rest or, or, you know, not work or do th- or engage in activities that are only kind of life giving activities sort of thing. You have to plan out the rest of your week in order to do the Sabbath thing. And, and that's, you know, and into, uh, because Sabbath Sabbath is by the way, also, uh, I overheard John Mark Comer say this while we're there where, uh, what do you say that Sabbath basically is a way, it's kind of a way of initiating a lot of other practices within it. Because if you're engaging in Sabbath taking, you're, you're having to order a lot of other parts of your life in order, mm. to, in order to do it. So it's kind of like little disciplines within this larger, this larger discipline. Um, but, you know, so it's not just like, so, so there's, there's work and intentionality that has to go into, in, into all of these things. Which I think can be the thing that keeps us from some of them initially. For yeah. sure. Because it's like, oh, I gotta... Where's all this freedom that you're talking about? Because it feels like more. How do you keep, I mean, Austin, how do you keep the practices from being also this their thing? Just like just another um, legalistic bunch of religious mumbo jumbo that we say that we're doing just like those doggone whatever Pharisees, Sadducees, whatever in the Bible. You know, they're like, oh, look how righteous and holy I am. Blah, blah, blah. Like how. How do you keep from doing that? Yeah, right. Because it just becomes, it, it's another opportunity for, uh, which like, you know, makes me want to poke my eye out with a hot stick. Like it's another opportunity for self-righteousness and every, and everything else. Like how do we, how do we avoid that pitfall? I think humility is a big part of it. And um, the, we have to remember why we're seeking to be formed. It's not for us. It's not to show off it's not to have a a merit badge right it's um how are we presenting ourselves as living sacrifices Mm -hmm. how are we growing closer to god putting ourselves in a place to grow closer to god um being formed into the image of christ and i think with that perspective it's hard for it to become legalistic yeah um when it becomes about me or the ways that I can separate myself from other people, then it can become super legalistic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's, yeah, there's something very pharisaical about that. Yeah. Well, the world doesn't need any more of that for sure. Um, Okay. So there's a number and we'll, we'll curate a little bit of a, uh, so on our show notes, Andy, we'll curate a little bit of a list for some, some readings. Cause there's, there's easy ways that you can kind of dip your toe into this a little bit without having to buy the three inch thick book uh, about it. Or if you want to go three inch thick book, you, can, you, yeah. you, totally, you totally can. <laughs> but we've got, I think we'll, we'll put some resources up there, some books that have been helpful uh, to both Austin and I, and, and that were mentioned here at this practicing the, practicing the way conference we were at. Okay. So that's, those are the practices, the ancient stuff, a lot of, lot of immense wisdom all around it. And, and again, just with the, the, the kind of, the infrastructure to it of saying, listen, we're all being formed one way or the other. How about we choose a formation in the right direction toward more Christ likeness and mm-hmm. not in the other direction where you become a child of the devil. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm not, I'm not child of the devil. There we go. Yeah. Clearly we've got a new soundboard here. Andy is loving it over here. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like a kid in a candy store. Uh, so there's all that Austin 
for the last, and I don't know how long you've been leading a, a small group of men. How long have, how long has that group been together now? Yeah. Various so, iterations maybe, but yeah. So probably right around the time of COVID things started. Yeah. I got involved a little bit later and then kind of ended up leading it in a roundabout way. Yeah. So for, mm-hmm. okay. So for a couple of years though, at least you've been walking with some dudes that are, they're dudes and their dads and they're, they're kind of in that life situation of trying to raise yeah. families and, you know, and be married or, or they, or they people that maybe have, have had some relational relational struggles. And yet you've, I don't, and again, I don't say this, I don't say this lightly. I have been around these guys that are, that are in this group and there is something, something has changed within them. Like the conversations that they have are, are, uh, I mean, I think are alarmingly, are (laughs) alarmingly self-aware, which all of us guys could use more of that. I could use yeah. this more, a, a greater depth. And, and I think it's because you guys have had a lot of conversation about change, about for, about the formation of the heart and in all that. And I would say no matter what you guys are studying or what you're on, like that is a, that's a kind of a core tenant. That's always, that's always there. Was that, was that something that was like embraced right away or like, how did you, or did you trick them? Did you just uh, <laughs> trick them, <laughs> sneak it in there and they woke up and they're like, wait a minute, am I being, am I being spiritually formed right now? What's going, what's going on? Like what, what was the journey? Like what was the journey there? Cause I, I, I can't like, I'm trying to communicate to our listeners. Like these are dudes, dudes, right? Like they're, you know, mechanics and guys that work at banks and you know, and like it's all over, they do all different kinds of stuff, but they're, they're like people that you people are friends with, right? Like this is, this is not, I I don't think it's like too far off the beaten path. How did it all come to, how did it all come to be? How did you guys form your conversations around, around? Yeah. I mean, being transformed, being, being a different kind of man. Yeah. So I think, there was a point early on where it was kind of more of a social club uh, and we were just hanging out and they brought me into their club, by the way, when I visited, <laughs> I visited, is this, we, is this when you got in trouble? Got yes, by the police? It, well, the, the cops did show up, uh, but we, we got done with the Bible study and the guys were like, Hey, we're going, we're going late night disc golfing. Come on. And I was introduced into a whole new world. And then that's when the police showed up. It, it was all okay. Uh, one of our good friends, uh, dudes and dads, alumni, uh, Randall. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, he, he just went and said, Hey, and it's no, it's no problem officer. We're just, uh, we're just out here with our pastor. <laughs> and it was, it was fine. <laughs> and after. it worked. But yeah. So, so it started out in, in more of a social way and I kind of came, I'm, I'm an introvert. And so the social thing is not really my, uh, my strong suit. And I got to the point where I was like, okay, either, either the nature of this group has to change or I'm done. Uh, and there's no other way to say it. Uh, and so I kind of had that conversation with the group and I said, Hey, I want to, I'd I'd be open to leading a Bible study if you guys are willing to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we got started and we, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and, but that sense of community over time builds into something very special. Um, and one of the things that they said at this conference 
uh, last week that's so true uh, and just keeps ringing in my ears is it's not the community, the perfect community that you have in your mind that can form you. It's the real and actual community. Yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. good. That's, so um, good. that's real good. And yeah. so, you know, we, we often talk about the fact that, like you said, we're just a bunch of normal guys and we really don't have a lot in common outside of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but that has formed, I think, each of us in a lot of really interesting ways. Yeah. Apparently, apparently the Jesus thing is enough. And I'm grateful for that because you, <laughs> you're... I, I just, it's refreshing to me, I think, pastorally, because I've seen so many men's groups or, or attempts at men's ministry groups and things like that, and that are trying to gather men around, um, I don't want to sound overly critical here, but they're trying to gather men around the wrong, I, I don't know, I, I want to say the wrong things, but around things that don't have the substance or don't have the, I don't know, the, just the something they they don't they don't have what it takes to get guys together to experience for, to ex, yeah yeah to experience for form, formation formation yeah. yeah and uh and if i have to go to one more men's pancake breakfast as saturday morning at 6 a.m i just uh i'm just putting it out there right now um true story it's not it's just not my bag it isn't and god bless you but if you want to do that not this guy uh <laughs> but i think there's so you guys have got, you guys have gotten together and you know, what really struck me is like Andy, they were, they were doing a service project in town, their, their group, uh, a while back ago. And I joined them one evening and you know, here I am, we're doing, we're doing some, uh, we're putting, we're putting, um, yeah, we're just doing, we're installing some things in a building and these guys are, they're all having various conversations around, around spiritual formation. Mm -hmm. That's what they're, that's what they're talking about. That is the natural conversation that they are now having. And it was so alarming to me, like in a good way, but it was right. very, very alarming to me because what guys get together and talk about, like, just, I don't know, like talk with an awareness of how they're, of how God is changing them. Yeah. Good. good not good, many. Not, no, not, not many. And because it seems, I don't know, it seems unmanly to talk about that, which let me just be very, very clear. These early desert fathers that were talking about this sort of thing, they're quite honestly the most manly men that I think, like, they went into the desert and didn't die. And then they found brain space to write deeply about things. Like, I, people, like, that's the man I want to be. That's, that's who I want to, I want like... <laughs> I want to be able to go to the desert, not die, and actually produce something meaningful. Like, come on, that's uh, that's amazing. Um, but yeah, I think you know, Austin. When I just, I, I just, I look at that group, and I look at, I look at how, how that's been led. The benefit, by the way, is not just for the men. I mean, it's it's not just for the men in that group. Like, I honestly see, it's like think about the the families that are attached to these guys. I would really love to believe, and I and I have seen it, that that there's a ripple effect of their formation filtering in various ways. And again, it's a journey, and it's a you know it's a long it's a long term thing, but affecting their wives, like mm. hopefully they're better husbands and fathers on the on the outside of that, right? Absolutely, and like being in a group that meets every week is a big commitment. Yeah. Uh, what we've heard from 
a lot of the guys is my wife wants me to come. Ooh. She said, you need to make time for this. Oh, so, uh, so the wives can see change in their husband. They're seeing positive and, change. Wow, that's awesome. And, and it's, it's inspiring to the guys because they say, I want to be the kind of guy that right. my wife sees that in. That's awesome. Yeah, I can, we can, that right there alone, that's worth the price of admission. This is to receive, I think, encouragement from our wives, right, in that direction. To actually hear, to hear your wife say, I see this good change in you and I want you to keep on engaging. Because so many, uh, and in various levels, so many conversations between, between men and their wives are, the wives requesting that the guy stop doing something so that he can live a more intentional <laughs> life. Right? Like, I think you need to like sell that thing or give up this thing. Or, you know, if you spend one more hour in the basement, I'm going to lose my mind, you know? Um, it, so it's a very, ref- like, you know, something is up, you know, something is up with like, you, um, here's the thing you need to make time for. I- I'm going to encourage you to make time for a thing where you have to leave our house for a time. Um, in order, in order for good things, good things to happen, uh, yeah, within within inside of you. So that's a yeah. If you want to know if if something, if you want to know if hey people in the church, if you want to know something's really uh, really tracking well, are the wives encouraging their husbands to go to it? There, that's a that's an idea. Um, Austin, let's we're dudes and dads podcast, so obviously we want to just also talk about like. You've got three little boys. Uh, they've got their fourth on the way, girl. So they're about ready to enter into the Demot reality of four of three boys and a girl. <sighs> Golly. Um, See, at least I got a two and two. Yeah, you. Yeah, way to plan that out. Nice job. Sure. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. What What does spiritual formation look like um, as you're raising as raising your boys? Uh, I think. One of the biggest challenges for me is to live out my faith in a way that they could emulate. Ooh. Um, you know, so we hear Paul say it in the New Testament, uh, follow me as I follow Christ. Um, and I, I want to live that kind of life, yeah. right? Where, where my kids can say, this is how my dad did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I can follow that. Yeah. Um, not that I'm perfect, but that they have a foundation that they can look to. Um, that's really, really important to me. And so it ends up looking a lot like, how do I, how do I stay intentional about my own life um, and be present to them? Uh, and I don't always do that well, yeah. but I think those are, those are the things that I focus on. Yeah, it was something like as I was losing my mind on a soccer field, you know, the one thing that got me that Jackie said, I've just been like working this over my brain. And she's like, she just said, she's like, what do you think Matthew is saying? Like, what what do you think? Mm. He, what do you think he's catching? And I'm like, <laughs> like, well, exactly. That that's a hundred. That's a hundred percent. So much of what we teach our kids is they, they just catch it. Yep. Right. Like they just get because it's. It's not like we have the number one. It's not like they have the uh, in their younger years the patience or the capacity to sit down while we sit in front of them and say, "Today, boys, I'd like to give you an instruction on patience." Uh, <laughs> you know, like 
No, they want to. They're going. They just need to see a patient. Catch it. Yeah, they need to see a patient, you. a patient father, a patient mother in their home. Hopefully, being patient with them, which is a struggle sometimes. Um, when talking about, um, both your boys raising boys and in your men's group, because there's probably there could be some. <laughs> no offense to anybody. There can be some crossover there just in terms of what we're talking about here. What, what are the biggest, like, what are the biggest challenges as you guys, as you're, as you're meeting or, or as you're raising your boys, like what's, what's the thing that you feel like you can, you can come up against sometimes where it's like, where it, where it feels like there's a, there's a, a wall or a hurdle or, or something. Cause it, cause it's not just like, this is not just all up and to the right. Like that's not how this, that's not how mm-hmm. this thing, this thing works. I, I wish it did, but it's absolutely not. In fact, the, it's almost as if the fact that it's not all up and to the right is actually like kind of the point to so much of it. So how have you, like, what have you experienced? Like, what have you experienced? And again, you can speak in generalities, I guess, but like thematically, what are the, what are the challenges as you're on this, on this journey? Yeah, I think, one of the challenges has to do with finding ways, we talk about it a lot, finding ways to stay desperate. Oh, yeah. Um, in, in each situation uh, and never getting to a spot where you say, okay, I have enough God in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's hard because like we talked about earlier, you, our tendency is to perceive where we're at as neutral mm-hmm. or as, as enough. And there's a balance there, right? You, there is a sense in which God sees where we're at and he says, you're enough. Mm-hmm. But there's also a sense for how do I, how do I stay desperate for him and recognize my own need? Um, and I think that's true. That's true for, the men's group for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think for our kids, it's helping them to understand that they have a need, right? Cause they're not born right. knowing that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the second big hurdle that I see is once you get to that spot where you're desperate, and you, you start to walk in the right direction. A lot of times the first response is to look to the right and to the left and realize that you're the only one walking in that direction and say, why aren't you coming with me? Mm. Um, and, and this has happened to myself. It's happened to other people in the group and we've talked through it. You know, uh, there can be a discouragement that goes with that. When, it feels like it finally clicks for you. And then you go, why doesn't everybody just get on board? And I always say, well, there's this. If you, if you were to look back at yourself a year ago, you weren't ready to take the steps that you just took. What would have convinced you to take those steps that you decided to take a year ago? Mm-hmm. And they go, I don't know. Uh, 
And it's like, yeah, it was just the Holy Spirit yeah. and some people walking alongside you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So be that. Walk alongside these people where they're at. Um, and be ready when when they're ready. Yep. Be ready. When they're ready. So good. Um so Austin, here's the deal. We've had this meaningful conversation. It's got my wheels turning and I'm really grateful for that. And it's been very serious and very thoughtful. Not anymore. But not anymore. (laughs) You know why? Because. Now it's time for the Dudes and Dads Pop Quiz. Thank you, Reagan. All right. So those of you who have never joined us, we just pepper Austin with random questions either out of a deck or out of Joel's. uh, I've got my long list, my pop questions long list. I've been curating a list. I'm not sure if I should be more afraid of the deck or Joel's list. (laughs) Uh, Joel's list at least have some good ones. Sometimes I have to take mine out because they're like, oh, I should not ask that. Some are pretty dark. Some of Andy's (laughs) questions are pretty dark. dark. They go dark. Let's go. Uh, Let's see here. I'm looking for. mm, 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 mm. Okay, here we go. Austin, if you could eat only one item of food for the rest of your life, what? would you eat one item probably pizza wow. whoa okay all right make may god have mercy on yourself <laughs> what is one bad habit you're trying to get rid of Ooh. um being super self-critical and critical of others uh, so just critical in general yeah pretty much <laughs> just, I'm just, apparently i'm just critical <laughs> pretty oh. much okay it's my uh, one showing. Okay, we're yeah. There, there you go. Enneagram, another another one. Another one. Gosh, Andy, you and I, Andy and I are both twos, and we just we have a lot of ones in our life. And I'm not really sure what that says about us. Uh, we feel like we can help them. That's what that's what it is. <laughs> I need help. Yeah. Uh, okay. Were you okay? I have to. Okay. Blah 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 blah. Where would you time travel if it were possible? That's a. Interesting question. Do I get to take people with me? Uh, you know, I'm going to, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the arbiter of time, of time Pro- travel. Probably the eighties. Ooh, Ooh, really? Yeah. What is it you find? I don't want to demystify this at all. And Andy lived through more of it than I did. Like remembers more of it than I did. Cause I was in the mid, I was born in the mid eighties, but I'm 79. So yeah, I was yeah. there in the eighties. So for a month, for <laughs> <laughs> what a month it was. What is it about the eighties that, that intrigues you? It's the best music. Oh, by far. You like the synthy, you kind of like the synthy stuff, the, yeah, like the electronics and, and guitars and yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Neoclassicism. Yeah, there mm. we go. What would be your best day ever? Best day ever. Um, probably just spending time with my wife and kids. Good answer. Somewhere good. Somewhere good. Where, what is, where is this, where is somewhere good for you? Somewhere good is somewhere where there's no schedule. Nice. Oh, yeah. oh boy. Amen and amen. Austin, uh, because I want to press in to this critical, this critical spirit. Oh, you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is your biggest pet peeve? Yes. Pet peeve. It's a tough one. Ooh, toilet paper roll, uh-huh. <laughs> not put 
off or back on. Okay. So that's empty, what, an empty, an or, empty roll. Uh, yeah, so empty roll. It's left on the holder. Full roll, not put onto the holder. Any combination of those two. Gotcha. Right, or Joel. even worse, empty roll removed from the holder, left <laughs> on the counter, <laughs> and the full roll also on the counter. That's terrorism. Well, like, That's absolute wait, terrorism. Like, who does that though? I mean, if you're going to go to apparently the length, somebody because it's it's etched in his mind. If you're going to go to the length of actually taking the old roll off, just put the new one on. You would think. That's what it's like. A it's like psychological terrorism. It's like someone oh. is is That's coming after because coming terrible. after you. Do you have one more? I have one more. Okay. All right. If you had to teach a class on one thing, what would you teach? C++. <laughs> no. <laughs> what would I teach? Uh, if I had to? C sequel, Joel. Goes C back oh, to sequel. sequel. Perfect. Great. I, I would probably prefer not to. Oh, given not to the teach. option. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Beautiful. Uh, let's see here. Oh, shucks. I had, I found this question and then I, um, you lost it. No, it's here. Hold on. I just I have a, the list is very, very long. Um, oh, here it is. What's one sentence you'd like to hear from your boss? One sentence. The uh, system is down. No. <laughs> no. Uh, well done. Oh, so good. So so good. So good. Uh, Austin, congratulations. You successfully passed yet another dudes and dads pop quiz. Uh, D plus. Flying uh, <laughs> <laughs> colors. Uh, Andy will program in an applause. Cause oh, that's, shoot. I don't have it right now. Ditch, but oh. I ditched it. Sorry. Do you have something else that is inappropriately epic uh, on one of those on one of those pads? No, I uh, actually got rid of all of them. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, hey man, we've really landed this show well. So glad we're <laughs> kidding. Uh friends, we do want to say uh thanks for uh joining us. Thanks for hanging out with us. Austin, thanks for thanks for the conversation. Um Oh, there. Okay. Right. That was a little late, a but I, I valiant made it. attempt. I made it. A valiant attempt. Uh no, thanks for hanging out with us. Appreciate it, man. Um, appreciate what you're doing. And uh, like I said, over at dudesanddadspodcast.com, we'll have the show notes. We're going to have some recommended, uh, some recommended readings, um, maybe some video links, all of that. But uh, hey, if you got ideas for further shows or you want to send us a stern rebuke, uh, <laughs> get on the emails, dudesanddadspodcast at gmail.com. You can send us all the stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll read it and uh, take it. Take it deeply to heart. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can, yeah, dudesanddadspodcast.com. You can send us voicemail there feedback we go. There at 574-213-8702. Oh, guys. Grateful for each and every one of you. Thanks for uh, tuning in. And, uh, yeah, if you want to partner with us in any way, again, uh, don't don't uh, hesitate to reach out to Andy. He would love to hear from you yes. soon. So, hey, guys, as always, until next time, we wish you grace. And peace. Peace.